The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. Hey, and welcome to another edition of Winning Ponies. Like uh, it happens a lot, we've got a first-time starter and a veteran of the show this evening. Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, hope your uh, NFL picks are coming up good for you, as well as your uh, picking the ponies when you get to the races. Our first guest is somebody I've been reading and watching for years, and finally, uh, through my friend Amy Zimmerman, I was able to get a hold of her. Patricia McQueen is the name of our first guest. Now, she's an award-winning photographer, journalist, and, of course, a uh, lifelong horse racing fan. But it all started back in 1973, and that year should be important to everybody because when you think of 73, you think of Secretariat winning the big one. Well, uh, her Career as a photographer all started out when she made a pilgrimage to go see Secretariat when she was at college. And uh, now she has a photography career for over three, 35 years. And uh, But she just had this affinity for Secretariat. Well, since then, uh, she has spent uh, the better part of her uh, adult life kind of tracking uh, Secretariat and telling stories about his offspring. Uh, and she's had a, a great uh, uh, series with uh, thoroughbredracing.com. I hope you'll go over there and check it out. Um, some of the titles are uh, <laughs> The Son Who Ran 144 Times and Is Still Thriving at 31. Um, the tiny filly who became one of the greatest ever. I like this one. The $1.8 million yearling with a passion for Coors beer. <laughs> These are just some of uh, the, the titles of some of the work that she's had. So, um, again, uh, in her following right now, it's pretty still pretty young in the year. You might need a calendar. She has the Secretariat's Living Legends calendar out with uh, views of uh, – all of the uh, different horses that she's come into contact with and that she's researched. So Patricia McQueen will be our first guest. And after that, Bob Railbird Roberts, a well-known journalist and handicapper. He likes to play in the contest, and uh, he's from the Northeast uh, Ohio area for years, was the turf rider for the Cleveland Plain Dealer. Bob's going to join us. We're going to go to the fairgrounds and Gulfstream Park. Uh, at the fairgrounds, we've got a race with Derby points, and that's the La Compte. It's grade three, going a mile and 70 yards. Very interesting field in here. Uh, Larry Jones has three, and Steve Asmussen has three. So uh, all I can say is I'm just wondering how many uh, tappets that uh, – Steve Asmussen is going to have in the Kentucky Derby this year. So we're going to look at the LeCompte. And, of course, the Rachel Alexander on the Fairground Oaks have been very key in delivering horses 
uh, to the Kentucky Oaks, and one of the preps for those races is the Silver Bullet Day. So we've got three-year-old fillies. They're going to be stretching out to a mile and 70 yards, and it looks like there's a lot of upside to some of the horses in here. We'll find out who Railbird Robert likes in there. And then uh, let's think about some warm weather for a change and go down to Gulfstream Park. There's the uh, Marshuas River. That's a grade three mile and a 16th on the turf get to hear my buddy Pete Aiello call that race and two races later uh, it's going to be the uh, Fort Lauderdale which is a grade two going a mile and a 16th on the turf so that's the setup uh, for the show and now let's uh, get get to some of the news of the week uh, hopefully you are coming over to winningponies.com and pulling down our uh, our our, our Easy win forms because uh, uh, <laughs> we once again had a pretty good week. Now, speaking of Gulfstream, had two nice hits on the fourth and fifth at Gulfstream. On the fourth, it was a $1 Super 5 key that paid 2384 And if you had enough money, you thought, I'm going to stick around for the next day and use those easy win forms. On January 5th, a $1 Super 5 key paid $2,062. And while you're still in Florida, go on over to Tampa Bay and pull down our easy win forms. We had a nice $1 Super High Five that paid $1,445. All right, let's see. Uh, Well, we uh, not surprised to see that uh, Gunrunner is uh, heading up the Eclipse Award finalist. He's one of three finalists for balloting for Horse of the Year. Uh, certainly, he'll be the overwhelming favorite. Also in his category will be Arrogate, who was the star of the early season, and World Approval. So, uh, Gunrunner, I think he's a lock if I'm a... They let you bet on it. I'd be betting him, but I think he's pretty much going to be one to five. So he he finished 2007 with five wins from six starts, $6,950,000. And that runner-up effort, it was to arrogate early in the season at Dubai. So uh, his Hall of Fame trainer, Steve Asmussen, is a finalist, is outstanding trainer, uh, category he's won twice uh that was uh, 2008 and 2009 he'll be going up against chad brown and bob baffert certainly always names in the news uh, Bessalou stables the breeder gun runner is a finalist for outstanding breeder uh it's, it's going to be uh, pretty interesting to see down there in florida uh now uh, some of the other uh Areas that we're looking at and horses that will be competing, uh, of course, in the jockeys. We got Javier Castellanos uh, seeking his fifth straight Eclipse Award for Outstanding Jockey, along with the the Energizer Bunny Mike Smith, Hall of Famer, and Jose Ortiz, who led all riders in North America for earnings in 2017. And how about the youngsters? We got Katie Clausen, Hector Rafael Diaz Jr. And even Roman, the finalist for Outstanding 
apprentice jockey. So uh, the Eclipse will be coming up when we get closer. We're going to be talking to some of the people involved with the Eclipse Awards. Uh, speaking of Eclipse Awards winners, we all know and loved Groupie Doll. Well, her first foal is set to debut. So while a lot of people are going to be uh, watching the LeCompte as the main race on the fairgrounds card, uh, you're also going to want to check out Tap Ability, the first foal out of two-time champion sprinter Groupie Doll. And what's great is that Buff Bradley, who trained Groupie Doll, is training this uh Mandy Pope runner. I, I think it's just great. As a matter of fact, I mean, you may recall that Mandy Pope bought Groupie Doll uh, for a pretty huge price down at Keeneland, $3.1 million, and then put her back in training with Buff Bradley, gentleman that's been on Winning Ponies with us in the past. And uh, Bradley says, uh, you know, they're just happy and thrilled to have him. Apparently, Tap it and Groupie Doll nick pretty well uh, because that's where the next couple of babies are coming from. The next is a Philly and another's a Tap it Colt, and he's just really excited about running the horse. So uh, we'll be watching on the fairgrounds undercard for Tap Ability. Uh, everything seems to be going in the right direction as far as the horse breezing from the gate. He had some problems, but he just continues to improve. When I say problems, he was coming out a little bit slow, but he breezed really well last week. So. Uh, We'll be watching for tapability down at the fairgrounds. And how about veteran Gary Stevens? Where is he? He's in Hot Springs. He is going to be riding at Oak Lawn Park. He's got 15 mounts through the first three days. He is not slowing down, and he's stressing that he's not at Oak Lawn Park for a working vacation. He said he's uh, worked more horses the other day than he probably has in 20 years. So Gary Stevens, just so great to see him uh, back in the saddle. Now, his last stakes victory at Hart Springs uh, came aboard Concept Win in the 1996 Count Fleet Handicap. His first win in Oak Lawn came when he guided Tank's prospect to victory in the Arkansas Derby for Hall of Fame trainer D. Wayne Lucas. So uh, it looks like they've traded the warmth of summer Southern California for this time of year. It could be a little chilly in Arkansas. But uh, that's where he's going to be. So if you're looking for Gary Stevens, I'm sure he'll venture out of town every now and then for some of the derby preps. But uh, nonetheless, he's in Hot Springs uh, right now. And uh, the uh, auctions are going on down at the Keeneland January sale. There's already been a $1 million American Pharaoh coat uh, that uh, led the yearling action. So uh, keep an eye out. It's fun to go up on their site every now and then and see who's selling in some of the big name uh, uh horses that are being represented well uh last week uh i kind of walked you through what i thought were some of the big races myself i didn't have a guest handicapper started with the sham again a derby points race and in here man john master of the obvious i picked mckinsey and it was the easiest of wins Mike Smith shopping for his derby mount, got the job done at one to five. And McKinsey, who's trained by Bob Baffert, is by street sense, and you know that he can get a mile and a quarter. So you want to keep an eye out for him. Uh, back in the second spot was All Out Blitz, who was at 14 to one. And third, 
uh, my boy Jack that had been racing exclusively on the turf for Keith DeSormo. Kent DeSormo was in the saddle. So remember that name, McKenzie. I'm sure that in the winter book, he's going to be on a lot of people's uh, top list as far as uh, the early betting in Vegas. Then we went out to the San Gabriel grade two at Santa Anita. And the winner in there was the one I said was the one to beat because it had beaten most of them in there. And uh, what a nice horse. I mean, he just, you know, bursted through into the stretch and held off. It was it was a game effort by Flamboyant at 6-1 to one who tried to run him down. But uh, Tyler Bays, the regular rider of It's in the Post for uh, Jeff Mullins, uh, did a great job, horse for course, now has 14 starts at Santa Anita with five wins, two seconds, and two-thirds. It's in the post, a six-year-old gelding added to his $735,000. But when you looked at the PPs, he really had beaten most of the horses uh, that he was facing in the San Gabriel. And then the, uh, the final race that we looked at was the Mucho Macho Man. And the horse I said you got to look out for, he was not one of the stakes winners, was Mask. Uh, another son of Tappet, Chad Brown trains. He's having a great meet at Gulfstream, 28% wins. Javier Castellano has been the only horse, broke his maiden with an 88 buyer in hand. And that was at Belmont Park. He's down at Gulfstream now, so I'm sure we're probably going to see him along that Florida Derby Trail to get his Derby points. So, Mask, remember that name. In the second spot was Bale Harbor, who was a two-time winner at a mile. And third was Dak Attack, who was the winner of the Ellis Park Juvenile, had some shin injuries, obviously is back in shape if he is uh, running third in $100,000 stakes races for Dale Romans. All right, that's a look at the national news and our picks from last week we're going to take a little bit of a break and we're going to talk about big red with patricia mcqueen when we come back i'm john Engelhart, and you're listening to winning ponies streaming live the leader in internet talk radio VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com The home of the easy win form The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races Don't worry, let WinningPonies.com make some money for you If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you VoiceAmerica.tv is online now The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, as I told you at the top of the show, Patricia McQueen. I have uh, admired her work from afar for many years. And when I say afar, I don't mean burning logs in Kentucky. I mean from Ohio to wherever she was writing her stories. Uh, As I said, she's an award-winning photographer, journalist, uh, and I explained the story about how 1973 are the key words there. It's in her email and everything, address. Um, She got hooked on Big Red, which is easy to do. I might share some of my experiences with him and his offspring uh, in in this section. So uh, with no further ado, Patricia McQueen, welcome to Winning Ponies. Thanks, John. Appreciate you having me. Okay. Well, listen. All right. Let's rewind this national velvet style story uh, to to your uh, immediate attraction uh, to what many feel is the greatest horse of the century, Secretariat. Just uh, I was you know a preteen kid like Alvani watching him on TV. He was the one of the few you know like second big TV horse after Native Dancer way back in the fifties, and so he just his exploits were all on TV. I watched him. And I was just hooked. I, I don't know how else to say it. He just he just had something, and and you'll we'll never see a triple crown like his ever again. It was just totally amazing. And then when he went on, and and just I, I just fell in love. <laughs> and and it it has never waned. I've loved him all these years. Yeah, I mean, I I think as much as you know, I get shivers every time I see the Belmont Stakes. I think that first half mile in the Preakness was my most impressive moment watching him. When he just, Ron Turcotte had no say in it. He's like, Ron, we're going, and we're going now. And those powerful strides were amazing. I mean, uh, call me crazy. Yes, the 31-length triumph of the Belmont will go down in history forever. But that powerful move made the statement about Secretariat in my mind. It did, and and it also has been immortalized in Tony Leonard's photo of him, almost airborne, or you know, with it reaching out, jumping, you know, with that with that yes. big, huge stride of his, with his four legs up. It just that was just in that preakness, that was just an amazing photo, catching him in that stride. It's like oh. I- I know the photo exactly. Tony uh, ended up being a good friend of mine in later years, and uh, that that's one that stands out. When you walk into my house, I've got an autographed picture of none other than that famous photo Tony took of him walking over to the Belmont just as he's getting ready to place his right hoof down. Oh, it was yeah. mar- marvelous, and he really, as you know, uh, as much as you've photograph most of his offspring he was kind of secretariat's personal photographer he certainly had a library a, a whole i mean it, it it i mean i i knew tony and and he he was an amazing photographer and i loved his images of secretariat i have a few i have a couple of them myself so he just I, he, he he was the man he could capture a horse like no other 
Well, let me share a story with you, and let me tell you if you ever heard it before, because I was interviewing Tony. For, I used to produce a television show in Cincinnati, and we started talking. I'm doing this interview. He goes, and he told me this story. He goes, you know, I don't know if I ever told anybody this before. Okay, if it wasn't for Tony Leonard, there would be no secretary at Triple Crown. What does that mean? Well, Penny Tweedy called him and said, Tony, I want a really nice picture of secretariat before the derby. He said, okay, no problem. So he goes over, he gets Lucian Lawrence, says, Mrs. Tweedy wants this. I'll meet you after the workouts. Well, you know, there's not a whole lot of pretty places at Churchill to take pictures on the backstretch, but Tony had one laid out. But it involved walking between um, some barns in the back uh, to get there. And Tony was walking in front of Secretariat, and from out of nowhere, he fell through a manhole cover and mm. ended up yeah, ended up breaking ribs, uh, bruised his shoulder, collarbone. I uh, had to be uh, drug out by I don't know Eddie Sweat or somebody, and uh, you know ended up having to go to the hospital. But before he went to the hospital, he went and took the pictures of Secretariat, <laughs> and I've never seen that in print anywhere. And but I have it in in, in a video interview uh, with Tony Leonard. Did you ever heard that story before? I had not. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, what a great guy, and the, the chronicles he has, and of course now uh, Bobby Shiflett and his partners have Tony's collection, yep. and they had a great show in in the Lexington area. Uh, it's escaping me right now; it'll come to me as soon as we stop talking. Uh, but it was he, he uh, took all Tony's Leonard's uh, negatives, digitized them, and he printed all these photos that nobody had ever seen before. And it was just fantastic because he did have full access. And I will say I was blessed that I was with Tony Leonard and helped take him to go to Secretariat's grave before Tony died. And it was just a moving moment. Now, tell me about – tell me I, – I, I'm, I'm dominating this interview. This is about <laughs> Patricia McQueen. Tell me about some of your moving moments with Secretariat and his offspring. Well, I, I, I was a, a college student and, and made a pilgrimage to see him in, in Kentucky. I'd, you know, I'd never seen him before. Uh, still in college, back then things were airfare was expensive, so I took a bus and I took a bus from California to Kentucky, and uh, I, I went to see him. Uh, first time I'd ever held a camera in my hand, so I didn't made a lot of mistakes that week I was there. But uh, I'll never forget seeing him, being in his presence, and. Uh, you know, it was just—it was just an amazing thing, and that pretty much launched my photography career. So <laughs> I, I quickly learned how to use a camera after that. <laughs> and, and, and you, um, you, know, you run a photo company now, right? Pardon? You—you you have a fo- uh, a website, a photography company. Yes, I mean I'm a photographer, so I've been shooting horses for 35 years, and. Uh, going to the races most of that time and photographing horses, you know, racing and all that. And I would always look for horse offspring of his at the racetrack. So I, I, I would always, every time there was one entered, no matter what race it was, I'd try to photograph it and, and uh, developed quite a collection over the years. The early ones, maybe not so good. But then uh, it, it, when he, when, after he died, I decided that, uh, that I would, go around and photograph his last crop, so I did that. So his last foals of 1990, they were racing in 92, 93, 94, and, and I, I did. I, I ended up capturing 27 of them, <laughs> which I, was just quite a large number of, of one crop, so I was just traveled around training centers and farms and racetracks around the country to photograph them. 
Well, uh, at the top of the show, I told our people to go to uh, thoroughbredracing.com to uh, look at your list of stories that uh, you've written over the years. And I, I just, I'm going to read the headline and just give me the gist of some of these stories, okay? <laughs> the one that really caught my line. The, the $1.8 million yearling with a passion for Coors beer. What's that story? <laughs> it's funny. Um, that was Pancho Villa. Yes. Uh, which is a full brother to Trilingua, so out of Crimson yes. Saint. And uh, he ended up, in, he, 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 he was the $1.8 million yearling secretary at second highest price yearling ever. And as as as, as a stud, he went to a couple different farms and he ended up in Texas. And uh, they... He developed a, a, and a, a non-sweating feature or whatever. The horses, and they get older, sometimes they stop sweating. And so sometimes yes. there's a common cure for that or a treatment. Farmer's treatment for that is beer, apparently. And so they, tried, they, they had some cores on hand, so they gave him the cores, and he, ate, he drank that. And then they tried to cheapen it and tried to use a different brand, and he didn't like that. So they had to go back <laughs> to the cores. <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay, how about this one? Who is the son who ran 144 times and back then at least was still thriving at 31? That is one of our calendar boys. He's, his name is Fast Market and uh, a minor stakes winner. He, I, was, I, I was surprised to find out he was alive last a year ago. I was thrilled to find out he was alive. And uh, he just, like all thoroughbreds, he turned a year older on January 1st, so he's now 32. And he raced longer than any other secretary. He raced 10 years, 144 starts, and most of them at the bottom levels of the claiming ranks. And he is a happy son of a gun today, enjoys life, and is just a treat. I visited him a couple of times, and he's just so much fun. And he's just got a lot of character, as they all do. They all have their own personalities. But he's been well cared for uh, in the hands of a of a rescue and sanctuary operation. But he, he was not a rescue. He, he was... He was. He just lives there because his owner his, didn't have a farm for him anymore. So he 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 was not in rescue need, but he lives there and enjoys life and has been taken very well care of. That is that that is just a fantastic story. Well, uh, I was there the day in the mud when he set a track record. General Assembly, who had had some of the looks of Secretary, quite frankly. He was one of my favorite horses. Uh, talk a little bit about General Assembly. I, he was one of my favorites. I always thought it was a bad, he had bad luck to be born in Spectacular Bid's year. He just could not beat Spectacular Bid, uh, but he would win. He won, he would have won more races had he, had he been able to beat Spectacular Bid, but he was a beautiful horse. I, I was able to see him once when he came back to this country for a short period of time because he was mostly spent most of his career and in, in, said career in, in Europe. But I was able to see him once. And, uh, yeah, he was one of the flashy ones that, that launched Secretariat's second crop. His first crop was widespread considered a failure. But, but between Trilingua and General Assembly, you know, that first second crop came out running. And, you know, after all these years, Arrogate broke his track record at Saratoga. And it's, it's, it was kind of mixed emotions. I, 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 on the one hand, I, I, Arrogate's a great horse, and I, I liked him a great deal. But it was sad to see General Assembly's track record go down. It, was, it had been there for so long. It, it was one of those you thought would never be broken. Absolutely. Again, share a small story. Wife and I went to a honeymoon. I had contacted the Firestones, asked them if I could visit their farm. I shot Eclipse Award-winning April Run, uh -huh. and then I also got to shoot 
the big guy who was standing stud over there at the time. It was pretty cool. Oh, that was cool, yeah. They, they, they had a marvelous uh, 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 you know, farm. It was just a, unbelievable. All right, let's see how much more I can squeeze in here <laughs> uh, You know, while the time is left. And let, let's talk a little bit about a horse I had a personal relationship with, Risen Star, Louis oh, yeah. Roussel. Risen Star was, but on, in one day he had the, the highest point, one of the highest points of my life and one of the lowest points of my life. Because on, on the day he won the Belmont Stakes, I was there at Belmont Park. It was before I had a press credential, so I was standing with the fans. And it was the one day my camera decided to break. Oh. So I'm standing there at the rail watching this horse power down the stretch like his daddy, and I can do nothing about it. <laughs> Other than cheer him on and just be so proud of him. And uh, so uh, after that day, I was so desperate to get some photos of him. I called Louis Roussel at his hotel, at the Garden City Hotel. Because <laughs> I, I said I didn't have a credential. I didn't have access to the track. I called him, and he said, sure, come on by. <laughs> so I went to well, the backside at Belmont Park and had a little presence with Risen Star. So I was, you know, hey, it was just amazing. Well, Louie was my old boss. I was the publicity guy down at the fairgrounds uh, for a season. And uh, I was putting together a seminar, and I said, hey, Louie, can you get one of your horses to come over here? You know, we had we had about 100 people. And uh, Ronnie Lamarck was there, the co-owner. And I said, I want to do a thing where we show bandages and blinkers and, you know, different, different equipment that you put on a horse. He goes, okay, I got just the horse. So he brings this horse over. And, you know, we're in front of 100 people. He's doing, you know, the shadow roll and the different stuff with this horse, and we're explaining it. And I said, well, Louie, by the way, who is this horse? He goes, well, we haven't named him yet, but he's a son of secretariat. <laughs> <laughs> and it was Risen Star. Awesome. <laughs> I am not kidding you. It was unbelievable. Well, we could go on and on about stories. I already yes. told you the one on the air about me getting getting the, getting the private, uh, you know, uh, shoot with him uh, down at Claiborne Farm because they were so nice. Uh, uh, my relationship with the Cook family. But now let's go into what you've produced. It's fantastic, uh, and it's. It's out now. It's the 2018 calendar featuring the last living sons and daughters of Secretariat. It's called Secretariat's Living Legend. And he has so many lifelong fans. There's probably a lot of people that are going to want to get this, if nothing else, to cut out each month and frame them. Uh, the, the, the shots are sensational. So, uh, Patricia McQueen, to my listeners, take your time. Hope it, listeners, go get a pen and paper. I'm telling you, this is great. It's called Secretariat's Living Legends. Where do we go to get this? We have a simple domain that will actually redirect to the, the calendar order page, and that is um, www.secretariatslegacy.com. Say that one more time. I've got a lot of people out there that are slow yep. writers. Very easy to remember. Secretariat's Legacy, all one word, secretariatslegacy.com. All right. Well, Patricia McQueen, this has been a pleasure, but the time just went too fast. I got to have you back on to talk about more of these stories and all the stories I didn't tell you about, you know. Sorry if I dominated the interview, but I get excited when we're talking about Big Red. Doesn't everybody? 
I think they do. They know how great he was. It's uh, when we lost Penny Shannery last year. What a great ambassador to the sport! But she sure had a uh, a great horse to to launch her ambassadorship on. So, Patricia yep. McQueen, thanks for being on Winning Ponies, and we'll get you back on. And again, Living Legends. Where do we go to get that calendar? Secretariatslegacy.com. All right. Thank you very much. We've been talking with Patricia McQueen. When we come back, we're going to talk to one of my favorite handicappers in the world, none other than the legendary Bob Railbird Roberts. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, and a man that needs no introduction, particularly on this show, because he's always been great at lending us his time to come on and uh, share his ideas and do a little handicapping, none other than Bob Railbird Roberts. Bob, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, John. I heard the last uh, portion of that first segment, and I, I, did, I forgot that you were at the fairgrounds for a season or two, huh? Yeah, I, I, they brought me down there. Vicky Bailey, I bet you know the Bailey family. They were kind well, of from up. And remember well, Perry that, Bailey? Well, that's the connection because of Perry ba- because uh, Vicky Bailey and Louie were uh, lovebirds, right? <laughs> yes, they were. And, and Perry, who always gets around everything, he got involved. So at the Preakness that year, Louie, you remember, he couldn't make up his mind about if he was going to run or not, and Perry Bailey had the scratch card in his pocket, and at the last minute, they decided to run and won the Preakness, and because of Perry, I got a good story about, you know, in, out, in, out, and it won for the best Preakness story that year, the contest that they have, thanks to Perry Bailey getting his nose involved. (laughs) That's great. That's great. Well. You know, I'm, I'm sure you remember the the, the pre story uh, of, uh, of 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 uh, 
risen star and that uh, uh, Louis Roussel had interviews. And he like, interviewed right. Lafitte Pinkai, uh, Eddie De La Husse, the greatest yep. riders in the world, to see who would get the chance to ride Risen Star. And I That's guess right. drew, drew a map of, okay, at the quarter pole, you know, at, at going into the first turn, I want you here. Going into the second turn, I want you here. Going into the third turn. And I, I have heard for history that had, had they just, I believe it was Eddie D, had, right. had, he, just, had he just let him ride the horse – he ended up, would have ended up winning the Triple Crown. There's no doubt in my mind. If you go back and watch the replay of the Derby, I think Eddie D was a little perturbed that he had to be auditioned for that job. And I think he took the Overland route with Risen Star. He should have been a Triple Crown winner. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. What can I say? You know, Louis had some hard luck in his life. Did you know he was the underbidder on Seattle Slough? I did not know that. Oh <laughs> yes, he was. And Slew only sold for un- what, 18000 or something? <laughs> yeah. Here's an unfounded story, but apparently the night before the sale where that horse went through the sales ring, somebody knocked on his door and says, man, you got to do me a favor. you got to bid on this horse. It was Risen Star. He was told somebody he liked the horse a little bit, but the guy pushed him on to buying the horse. So there's all kinds of stories around Risen Star. A- absolutely. Well, all right, speaking of... A guy that stories come around. I know you know him. He's from up around your neck of the woods. Ron Paolucci of Luch Racing oh. Stables. Uh, it looks like now he has uh, cut a deal to lease one of his spots in the Pegasus World Cup to uh, Cigar Mile winner Sharp Azteca. Have you been keeping up right. with this story at all? It's very confusing. I mean, he, so he sold his spot. He cut a deal with the Sharp Azteca people. And then to run his horse, War Story... He's running that into a slot that Stronic, the track owner, has. So, you know, the question would be, why didn't Sharp Azteca go in the Stronic slot? So it must be like the New York Stock Exchange. They're, they're buying and selling and dancing all around this stuff. Well, I, I, I never underestimate the, the, the shrewdness of Ron Paolucci. As you know, this right. guy plays the game at every level. I mean, oh. yesterday I think I saw him win a $5,000 race at Mahoning Valley. <laughs> That's right. You'll see him in the pre- you'll see him in the high rollers room at Thistle. The next minute he's in Vegas, or he's at, he's back in Cleveland. He's betting in the high rollers room at Northfield Park, the harness track, or he's he's all over the place. This guy, uh, I it's it's unbelievable. But he makes yeah. for a good story. I really like oh, him. Yeah. Uh, he's never turned down an interview. Um, you know, I do think that uh, that they they. they dealt him a bad hand up at Saratoga when they wouldn't let him enter that one horse that yeah. obviously looked like he was a rabbit. But so what? They've been doing that for 100 years in racing. And, I did a big story on him once, John. And I, I said he is a, he is a, he's, race, he's racing's answer to a gym rat. As you hang around Jim, he's a, he's a, he's a racetrack rat. He's, he just hangs around. He's everywhere. I love that comparison. That yeah, he's is a gym rat. great. He's a gym rat of Perry Mutuals. Plus, I guess he's a heck of a card player, too. In Vegas, I would not doubt it because you yeah, know he's playing miss. his cards in the in the Pegasus Stakes. It looks like. Yeah, you're right. Which it's going to be an interesting race this year. That's for darn sure. Well, I don't know how interesting it is right now, Bob. You know, I was going to ask you to reflect a little bit on last year, but I mean, mm-hmm. Gun Runner six point nine million last year, and every time I you know turn on a website, I see about some stellar work he's had without even being asked. I mean, they're going to be hard-pressed to beat Gunrunner. 
Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I'm not, I wouldn't. I mean, if I have to do selections that day, I'm not picking against Gunrunner. Plus, there's another connection to Paolucci. Remember when uh, War Stories' uh, shoe flew up in the air at Saratoga and it got knotted in Gunrunner's tail? Well, <laughs> yeah. This stuff carried it all the way to the finish line. So <laughs> it's I, amazing. I didn't know it was War Story Shoe, but I was oh, reading yeah. Indian. Char- I was reading Indian Charlie last night, and he said yeah. that the uh, Gunrunners connections were very upset that they will not let him run with the horseshoe tangled in his <laughs> tail in the Pegasus yeah. Cup. <laughs> it's, I mean, what the heck are the odds on that thing flying straight up in the air? I mean, he could have bounced off the horse's rump. How and it. You know, he got back to the winter circle. It took the groom quite a while to un unknot that thing. It was really tied into his tail. But that that was War Story shoe. I says to Pellucci, "Did you get the shoe back? I mean, you should have been bidding on that thing." He just laughed. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it was a collector's <laughs> item. But I remember even on television, they caught that yeah. early and showing people. They go, "Here's something I've never seen in racing before: no. equipment added during a race." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. The horse they ran with five shoes. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> Unbelievable. But I don't know. All I know is I'm, I'm not. I'm not putting up uh, a million dollars to to run against Gunrunner. Uh, but no. th- with the purses there, I, I believe War Story ran about fourth last year, and he still ended up winning like four hundred thousand dollars. It was a yeah, big number. Yeah. yeah it's, I, it's a. It, plus this year, I guess everybody gets back six fifty of the million they put up. So I. I, I that, does that mean Stronach's paying for most of this race out of his pocket? I guess. I mean, you're giving back six fifty. You only put everybody's only putting up three fifty. So I don't know. Really? All I know is they bet that signal, that Gulfstream signal, like the world's coming to an end. You know, we're both in Ohio, and that is the number. Gulfstream Park is the number one signal in Ohio at the at the racetracks and the uh, the one off track betting site by nine miles. People love that signal. They even bet it in the dead of summer. I don't know what it is. They're mesmerized by palm trees or something. They just pound that the golf stream signal. Uh, well, uh, what is Bob Relbert's Robert's favorite signal right now? Because I know you play year-round. You know what I do? I start in Florida at Gulfstream, and I play Gulfstream. And then when the horses go to Keeneland, I do the spring meet at Keeneland. And then I switch over to Belmont, and I do Belmont all summer. Then they go to Saratoga. I do Saratoga, back to Belmont, back to Keeneland, back to Florida. That I follow, you know, I follow Pletcher and the and McLaughlin and, and Chad Brown and the best I'm betting the best jockeys, the best trainers, and the best horses in the world year round. So that's that's my circuit. You know, I keep an well, eye on the Ohio a little bit because I'm at Thistledown three or four days a week. So I keep an eye on our, our buckeye breads because I'm still a buckeye, but I try to bet the the top signals. I want to bet the best. So that's how about you? What are you looking at? Well, you know, very, very similar to what to what you do. You know, my yeah. my mother always said, "Do what you do, do well, and stick to your knitting." And it <laughs> just amazes me. <laughs> it amazes me when I I'll be in an OTB parlor or in one of the simulcast centers at the track I work at to see these guys watch a horse or win or lose, cross the finish line, and immediately just start scanning the the, the 12 TVs like, all right, who's up next? Okay, no, Remington Park. Remington Park. I'm going to go to Remington Park. I mean, there couldn't be a quicker way to lose your money in this game. I say right. do exactly what you do and stay with the circuit, especially the circuit you were just talking about. Right. Um, a lot of those guys are going to go from Florida 
to New York, to Kentucky, right. you know, and so you get a feel for the fact that, you know, who they've been running against. And I think that's exactly why you're good at uh, right. handicapping Ohio horses is, let's face it, they meet a lot during the year. And you can mm-hmm. see somebody's form getting better or you can see somebody tailing off. And uh, you also know who the players are. You know, who likes, you know, who can wind up a nice two-year-old. Uh, you're aware of the pedigrees. But it's the same way in the circuit that you play. I, I think yeah. I would encourage anybody listening here tonight to do the same thing. Don't go right. chasing races. Oh, John, there's guys I see in the high rollers room at this alone. They're betting Tampa, Gulfstream, the Meadows Harness. The first at Sunland, the guy's betting the fourth at Monticello. I go, oh, my God. I think my head would explode if I tried to do that. You're right. Whatever says two minutes to post, they jump up and bet it. It's the darndest thing. It it kills me. Now, uh, I'll give Naira a plug, John. I'll give, give, uh, if you go to Naira's website, nyra.com, nobody in the country has a better replay system than they do. It's high definition. It's free. It's high definition. Head-ons and pans with there's nothing on the screen but the horses. There's no odds for the next race or you know no, no nothing. It's blown up, clear as a bell. So if you want real good, clear pictures for for trip note handicapping or just reviewing things, it's it's, it's second to none. New York, that's the best. Well, that was always my angle, as you recall, back in the old regular guy days. Is I love going back and looking at those replays <laughs> and seeing who. I do. who who got in trouble, and I loved having you on as a guest back mm-hmm. in the day. That, that That's when racing right. was still fun, Bob. That's right. That's <laughs> right. And, you know, sometimes the chart callers, either they're too busy or they got a little larceny in their heart. Sometimes what you see on the replays, you don't see in the past performance line. So I don't know if they were just too busy that day or they put that uh, trip note in their pocket. I don't know. Uh, you are absolutely you would absolutely right, you know, it'd be like, you know, somebody was shut off at the 16th pole and you'd go watch right. it and you go, he wasn't shut off. There was no hole. No, he was getting tired. What do you mean shut exactly. off? You know, right. so. exactly. Right. So. I know. That's so, why, you know, they say, make your own mistakes, do your own homework. You can't trust, you know, you can't trust the, somebody else to do what you should be doing. So get your nose in there and handicap. Well, I loved it. Thanks for the tip on the Naira site. Well, let's do some yeah. handicap. We're going to pass on our break here, Bob, because you're just okay. too much fun to talk to. And uh, <laughs> let's go to a race with, uh, with with Derby points, and that's the LeCompte from the fairgrounds, uh, a mile and 70 yards. It's a grade three. Now, th- this is when the Derby points are kind of tepid, but nonetheless, uh, as you know, when it comes down to the end of it, if, as long as you got about – 20 of them, I mean, there's a good shot you got to get in the Derby. Well, this is an interesting field. Nobody's ducking anybody. Uh, I'm looking at 14 entered with an also eligible. And uh, I'm just wondering, how many tappets do you think Steve Asmussen's going to have in the Derby field this year? I know. Isn't it something, huh? It is just something with this guy. I know. I know. Well, speaking of tappets, the horse I like, because I don't see a whole lot of speed in here. And I had to go online and watch a replay so I can make an attempt at pronouncing this horse's name, unless you know how to pronounce the 12 horse. You know how to pronounce that? Principe Guherum. That's very I don't good. know. I'm taking a no, stab, but that I sounded got, good. No, I got Principe Guherum. Yeah. Holy cow. Let's, that's our buddy, that's our buddy John, uh, John Dooley calling the races at the fairgrounds. The old Thistledown <laughs> announcer. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, so Florence Giroux, the jockey, will know how to pronounce it. It sounds pretty French to me. 
That's for sure. Well, that's who I like because I see this horse, and he's going to probably send him out of there anyways from the twelve hole, and he's going to. I think he's going to get over quickly and 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 control the uh, and control this. You, you can see he's two for two. He went off by six his first start, and then came back and won by eleven and uh, three quarters at the fairgrounds just uh, well about a month ago. This this is a this is a nice horse. Which they paid yeah, six hundred thousand yeah. for it to sell. Well, uh, you, you know the thing is, uh, it was actually a buyback because Three Chimneys offered him. He's out of a Grade One mare, of course. Being oh. bred to tap at a lot of yeah. them are, and so if you notice, he was bred by Three Chimneys and he's owned by Three Chimneys, trained You're by right. Steve Asmussen. Comes out as a maiden. Uh, here's what impresses me. Okay, and again, I'm going to repeat what you just said. Great minds think alike. I think his speed should, you know, eliminate that twelve hole, uh, mm-hmm. but. He has, if, if you're a believer in buyer figures, he's got an 88 and a 91, which uh, actually a 92 is the best in the field, but we'll get to that. But these were these were buyer figures in a hand ride, Bob. Yeah. You know? You're right. What if he, what right. if he was asked? You're right. You know? That's, well, hopefully he won't be asked again. And I'll, I'd like to get 5 to 2 on him. I'll make a nice bet if he's 5 to 2. I'll take yeah. that price, huh? That's the morning the line. I don't think we'll see that. The, the horse that intrigues me is a million-dollar baby by the name of Instilled Regard, uh, Jerry Hollendorfer, coming in from the West Coast. Like I just said, the best buyer was a 92, uh, but he was uh, placed second in the Los Al Futurity. But what really impresses me about this horse, Bob, is the fact that um, he only finished just uh, inches behind McKinsey, who came back and won the sham last week, easily right. in a hand right. ride. I put that horse third, and obviously that's uh, trained by a uh, Akron native or Bath, Ohio native, Jerry Hollendorfer. And you notice who's riding the horse, Castiano, Javier. So he might be shopping for a Derby mount early. He doesn't right. have a mount in the Silver Bullock Day race. I looked at the uh, at the uh, the jockey assignments in that race. So, and you know what? He's 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 riding less horses this year. He stays in the Gulfstream, but he's. He's like showing up and riding in like the you know fourth or fifth. He doesn't want to ride in the sixty-two fifty claimers, I guess, early in the card, which is a which is not the way he has been in the past. This guy just likes to ride winners, and he'll show up for the first race. But he's backed off at Gulfstream so far this winter. He's not riding that many winners at Gulfstream, but he's going to, to New Orleans for the day to ride. I think he's going to ride this horse in still regard. Well, um, also, Bob, uh, so you said he's your third pick. He's my second pick. Who's your second pick? The five horse, Cowboy Karma. I liked his effort in the champagne. We only got beat, uh, we only got beat three lengths, three three-quarter lengths in a, uh, in a grade one stake race at, at, at Belmont that Firenze Firehorse won it. And Good Magic, the one that won the Breeders' Cup, was second. That horse interests me. Uh, Larry Jones, I, I never get Larry Jones right, so watch him win. Um, and he's had he, a bad he, meet so far. He's only three for twenty-two at the fairgrounds. He's off to a slow start. Well, don't worry, no. he'll get there. All right. Well, that was uh, <laughs> the, the Lecomp, the Grade Three of the Comp, and then, like All I right. said earlier, you know, uh, some of the best horses in recent years in the Kentucky Oaks have come out of uh, the fairgrounds. The Silver Bullet Day leads up to the Rachel Alexander and the Oaks. Um, right. In 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 here. Um, I noticed that Wonder Godot was entered in the LeCompte. I think she's going to opt uh, for this spot. And, you know, she's a multiple graded stakes winner. Mark Cassie, 26% right now at the at no. the meet. 
you know. Uh, no. So I, I'm going to put her on top, Bob. I don't know which way you're going. Well, I put the horse second because I want to get frisky once in a while. I haven't been uh, I haven't been the biggest fan, even though he's a hardworking guy and he grinds it out in New Jersey every summer. So for some reason, me and Joe Bravo don't seem to get along too well when I when I pull out my wallet. He's getting off the five horse, Stellar Moon, who had a tough trip last time at the fairgrounds. I want to watch the tape. It says taken up. That's because a horse broke down right next to him, and the horse almost recovered from that to run a decent fourth. Of course, it's fifteen to one on the line. I'm going to take a shot with Stellar Moon. Of course, I'll get some two five exacto boxes with the Wonder Godot, but I'm going to make a win bet on Stellar Moon and then box him in the exacto with uh, Wonder Godot. And you're right, I saw where the form says the owner is leaning towards Silver Bullet Day instead of the comp, so she'll probably stay in there. All right, fifteen to one. My long shot in there is going to be eight, eight to one shot. America's Tail, Bernie Flint. Don't count him out. This horse is all of a sudden at a huge uh, wake-up yeah. call and 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 could uh, could could surprise and and be part of that yeah. trifecta. All right, well, uh, we got five minutes left and two races to talk about. Uh, okay. The ninth. The Marshuous River, uh, the way I see this is it's the tortoise versus the hare. And uh, <laughs> the, uh, the the speed horse uh, is a Gianna's dream, in my opinion. Loves the distance, uh, is uh, four for five. And the horse is going to come flying at the end is another one that a horse for course and loves the distance. And that's dream dancing. I read Ortiz can't help like anything he's riding i know those two those two boys him and his brother got out of the snow and the ice at the uh, aqueduct and uh, i think it was a very smart move because they canceled again today because of bad track conditions they haven't run at aqueduct since december 29th so the well, winter has been very rough on new york racing time is I'm waiting who do you the, like in the marshall's river i'm, I'm going who for you- abbreviate horse coming down from aqueduct Chad, this Chad Brown, everything this guy touches turns to gold. This horse will have a, a stalking-style trip in this race, and I like that. I, I dream, dream Dancing is, is my runner-up pick, but it's got to come from far off it. She's won at Gulfstream in her two starts. I see that, and she got up to win the grade three. Here comes the bride last year just by a neck. It's tough making up ground, so I'm going to take a shot with Abbreviate. It was 4-1. to one. not like it's a big long shot. And I threw Ultra Brat Graham Motions horse third because that guy, he's always he's always lurking and stalking. He's an excellent trainer. Yeah, and uh, again, he'll be part of the speed scenario in here. I do mm-hmm. believe it'll, it'll be interesting to see. It could set up for a dream dancing, but he's got to get moving early. But yeah. again, another great yeah. tap at Philly that uh, has got a lot of talent. Got about two minutes left here, Bob. The uh, the Fort Lauderdale Grade Two. My notes here are speed, speed, and speed. Who kills one another, or who maybe goes on to last? The horse that draws my attention just because he's a great story is shiny copper a horse that mm-hmm. the ramses have used as a rabbit for years for a big blue kitten it looks like finally he's come into his own he's coming in here right. with near 100 buyers wire to wire efforts he's not going on top by 19 links or 11 links no. to set a race up he's really turned into a racehorse right and you got that the uh, you got the other ortiz jose ortiz i think this could be a case where apart the heart and shining copper, you know, butt heads with the uh, with the, uh, the the six horse. I mean, another horse in there with it. Shake, shake them out. 
take Adam or whatever it is. I'm looking at a horse called All Included, who's nine to two on the morning line. It's a Todd Pletcher horse. It, it, the running style, the the uh, the, st- the uh, stalk and strike running style, could have this horse sitting good. It ran a big race in the Tropical Park turf for openers, have not having run since May, and it's coming right back. So I'm going to take a shot with All Included. I'll box him with Heart to Heart, Shining Copper, and hope to hope to catch a price. Well, good. I'm, brought, I'm glad you brought up heart to heart because it's certainly a horse for course. Five starts at Gulfstream, four wins at the distance, right. the same. And let's talk about his uh, talent on the turf. He's won over $1.4 million. So you got a lot of good things there. I, I know that he's coming out of the Breeders' Cup mile where he finished 10th. Yeah, 10th. Right. Got beat three lengths by world <laughs> approval, who's up for horse of the year against uh, a gun runner. So, uh, you know. Something? There's some yeah, talent there. How often are you going to see that? How often are you going to see 10th yeah. beating three lengths? Right. Oh, well, that was, that was one hell of a race. Yee. And, Bob Roberts, you are one hell of a guy, man. I look forward uh, to right. uh, – I'm going to give you a call about, you know, that thing we're doing with the awards banquet. And right. uh, I'll let you know. But, uh, you know, I thank you for being on, man. It, it, it's uh, always John, fun. I enjoy talking. it. You know that. I enjoy it. Yes. That's why I'm not afraid to call you and ask you if you'll right, be on. Thanks. You've got and great insights. A healthy, happy new year to your listeners. Absolutely. Let's hope so. I've lost a couple buddies this year, and I don't want to see any more go down. I'm happy every day when I wake up and see my alarm clock. It's like, I think I'm still here. But uh, Bob Railber Roberts, thanks a million, man. Love you. All right, John. Take care. I will. Also want to thank Patricia McQueen. Uh, she, it was great for her to come on and join us for the first time. She was all nervous and she just sounded great. I got to get her back on because there's just too many secretariat stories uh, to share. So uh, don't forget, come to winningponies.com. Get your easy win forms. It's going to be an exciting weekend at the races. We're going to see uh, Groupie Doll's first baby run at the fairgrounds. I want to thank our producer, Matt Widener, for keeping me on track. And I want to thank you for being listeners. If you got a buddy, you like the show, tell him to pull the podcast down. Remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.